The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. No long, a 74-year-old man is on trial for the murder of Nora Sheehan 42 years ago in Cork. The prosecution claims that DNA evidence and other circumstances point to Long as the perpetrator. Witnesses testified about Nora Sheehan's eccentricities and her behaviour before her disappearance. Physical evidence is limited due to the case's age and the trial is ongoing, expected to last about four weeks. Now, for the latest detail on the case, I'm joined by News Talk's courts correspondent Frank Rainey. Frank, good morning. Good morning, Pat. What can you tell us about Nora Sheen and the circumstances surrounding her disappearance and then the subsequent discovery of her body? Well, at the time she went missing back in June of 1981, she was 54 years of age. She lived in Cork City with her husband, James. Uh, he died, we heard, a few years later in 1985. Uh, they had three sons, two of whom were in court yesterday, one of whom actually gave evidence. Um, we heard that Nora used to work in a hospital, but she had some sort of a fall that led to her having health issues. And Mr. Grant told the jurors that he described her as a vulnerable person. He said that she was eccentric. She had some uh, obsessions about a nearby hospital. She was often seen out in the road near her home uh, trying to wave down cars. She would also chat to people about the goings on at the hospital. And on the day she went missing, which was the 6th of June 1981, she actually ended up in hospital herself. She was bitten by a dog and she was seen by a doctor that night. She left the hospital at 10 o'clock. After she left, we heard that she was seen uh, behaving oddly again. She was out on the road waving cars down. And there were a few sightings of her in the early hours of the following morning, the 7th of June, 1981. But her visit to the hospital and her departure from it the night before is considered her last definitive sighting. Her husband and son James reported her missing. She remained a missing person until the following weekend when on the afternoon of the 12th of June, 1981, we heard Two forestry workers walked into Inishannon Garda station, which is about 26 kilometres from where Nora was last seen alive. They claimed they had stumbled upon a body while working in a nearby woodland. The Garda on duty accompanied them to that woodland. They brought him to the spot where they saw the body. The Garda climbed down a very steep slope. And in the midst of some briars and other dense undergrowth, uh, he saw a woman's body. We heard that it was naked, apart from some stockings and one foot. The rest of her clothing was pulled up. It was obscuring her face. She had a bandage on her left arm and it was apparent uh, that her body had been there for some time. The body was subsequently identified as being that of Nora Sheehan, who, as I say, at that point had been missing for about six days. And the bandage, uh, obviously from the dog bite that she had suffered in trying to separate two fighting dogs. Uh, Forensic evidence uh, will undoubtedly play a major role in this case. And I think it's fair to say that the forensic tools available to Angarda Shikona at that time were far less sophisticated than they are now. Uh, What were the jurors told about all of this and how did No Long become a suspect? Well, I think it is fair to say that forensics will play a central role in this cold case. Um, You know, technology and forensics is no different, has moved on leaps and bounds since Nora Sheen was killed back in 1981. No long first enters the prosecution's narrative on the 16th of June 1981 when he was stopped at driving his Opel Cadet. He was 32 years of age at the time, over 
20 years younger than Nora. He's now 74, as you say. At the time, he lived in Bishopstown in Cork, which isn't that far from where Nora lived with her husband and their three sons. We heard that his car, this Opel Cadet, was seized. It was taken away for a technical examination. Samples were taken from inside the car and from the boot. Some standard samples were taken from Nora's body. We heard that traces of semen and a blood sample uh, were sent to the forensics lab in Garda headquarters in Dublin. Again, this was the summer of 1981. The tools available to forensic scientists back then were far less sophisticated than they are nowadays. Back then, we heard that the sample needed to be the size of a modern day two euro coin. So it was decided to preserve those samples. Fast forward then to 2008, when the Garda Serious Crime Review Team was set up, it decided to take a fresh look at this case. A decision was made, made to send those preserved samples, which had been essentially frozen in time for almost 30 years by then. They sent them to a specialist lab in the UK. This lab, we heard, had the capabilities uh, to examine and analyse microscopic samples. DNA profiles were then generated from those samples. And in late 2021, uh, just a couple of years ago, a sample taken from No Long was sent to that same lab in the UK. And it is a prosecution's case that his DNA sample was a match for a DNA sample taken from Nora's body. The prosecuting barrister, Brendan Grant, who opened the case yesterday, told the jurors that the possibility that it originated from someone other than Mr. Long is one in 20,000. He said it is the prosecution's case that Mr. Long had sex with Nora Sheehan and that all the evidence he claimed points to him being the one who killed her shortly afterwards. Um, you mentioned that one of Nora's sons uh, testified in court yesterday. What did he have to say? That's right. Uh, James Sheehan was one of two of her three sons who was in court yesterday and his evidence didn't take that long. He uh, described how he was working on the 9th of June 1981 when he got word that his father was was looking for him. Again, the early 80s, uh, mobile phones weren't readily available. He raced home as soon as he got that news to find his father in what he described as a distressed state. Uh, at this point, it was clear Nora was missing. They went down to their local Garda station. He said they reported her missing together. And he was asked about um, about his mother's behaviour, I suppose, in the lead up to what happened. And he again recalled uh, her having this fall in the psychiatric hospital where she worked. And he too described her as being a bit eccentric afterwards. He said that she had a chip on her shoulder and she would freely uh, speak her mind. Most of yesterday's um, proceedings were taken up by Mr. Grehan's detailed opening address to the jurors. And then some time was spent going through uh, location maps and crime scene photographs. But there were a number of other civilian witnesses that were called to give brief evidence yesterday, including a now retired nurse who was the one who treated her in the hospital uh, on that night back in June of mm. 1981. And th that brings me to a, a question really about the nature of the prosecution. Will it be affected by the maybe the, the impossibility of bringing some witnesses forward because of the passage of time and indeed trying to remember things from 42 years ago? Yes, and, and, and funny you should ask, because that was something that the prosecuting barrister, Mr. Grehan, um, addressed with the jurors in his open address. As you say, this happened 42 years ago. It obviously poses its own challenges in the sense that some witnesses are no longer available to testify. 
you know, some have passed on, some have moved away, some exhibits have been lost or destroyed. But despite that, the prosecuting barrister, Brendan Grant, told the jurors that the same rules uh, apply. Now, I suppose the difficulty when witnesses have passed away is not necessarily that their evidence can't be put to the jurors because there are legal mechanisms whereby take the two forestry workers, for example, who found the body. They have both sadly passed away since. But there are mechanisms where in those situations, statements that they would have given at the time can be read into the record and can be presented to the jurors. Mm. I suppose the difficulty is or the challenge is that, you know, they're clearly not going to be in a position to be cross-examined mm. sure, uh, by the, the defence. Yeah, I suppose the finding of a body um, is in some way on the public record anyway. Um, so those particular witnesses might be cont- not be that contentious. But I, I take the general point. Um, how long is this trial going to last? Set down for um, four weeks. Um, as I say, yesterday was the opening day. They're expected to start resume calling witnesses um, shortly, actually, this morning. And it is likely to run on, or at least the jurors have been told to expect it to run on for somewhere between three and four weeks. Frank Graney, News Talks Courts Correspondent. Thank you very much. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.